The Marching Roundtable is an official media partner of Drum Corps International. This podcast is sponsored by Envision 3D Drill Design Software, found at box5software.com. Think about how sensitive you are when people critique your band. That's how you need to talk to designers because that's what you're doing. It's like it's their work, their drill or their arrangements or, you know, whatever they're doing. That's their band and that's what their, that's their baby like your band is your baby. And so designers are someone that you hire and they are providing a service and they are working for you, but you really need to make them feel like you're paying them to work with you. And I think that's the key for me is like it needs to be definitely a sense of respect throughout. That's Jason Robb, a band director and program coordinator in Texas, who's here to share advice on working with your design staff in the best way. How do you find the right people to hire? What processes should be in place for communication? And how do you talk with them about problems or concerns with their work? You have to understand that most people are either making a living doing it or making a chunk of their living doing it, but they're doing it with a lot of their time and care and they want to do a good job. And so every time you connect with a designer, if you think, okay, this person's trying to do a good job, how can I empower them to do a better job? You're going to get a better product at the end. This is great practical advice that you can use to get the most out of your design staff and have a great relationship with everyone who's working with your group on the Marching Roundtable. This podcast is brought to you by Envision 3D Drill Design Software, found at box5software.com. Envision 3D Drill Design Software is the only true 3D drill design software available for marching bands, winter guards, indoor percussion groups, and drum corps. If you write drill or design for marching music groups, Envision enables you to plan and execute shows that push the creative boundaries of your show designs. Download your free version at www.box5software.com and see for yourself. Hey everybody, welcome to the Marching Roundtable Podcast. This is Tim Hinton. Thank you so much for listening. Great guys on the line with me. Jason, Rob, you've become one of my favorite people lately. Um, you as well, Tim, and really <laughs> enjoyed being able to get to know you better the last uh, semester. So yeah, yeah, it's been wonderful getting to know you. We've been working together on some shows, and thank you for being here to talk about it, uh, treating your design staff well, how to how to but how to treat them, Fair, care and feeding of design staff. I don't know what you want to call it. but um, So first off, just tell everybody, some people will certainly recognize your name, but who are you, where are you? Uh, my name is Jason Robb. Uh, I am a band director in the North Austin area at a younger school called Rouse High School. Uh, before that, I was teaching at Cedar Park High School. People know that name a little bit better. But um, I also have a business where I uh, do a lot of, marching band design. So I write a couple drills, like two to four drills a year. Um, but mostly what I do is work with uh, high school age students on leadership with Jeremy Spicer's company, Sassy. And then the other thing I do is I program and coordinate with designers for high school band directors. So I usually do about eight to 10 of those a year. And basically, um, I'm not the type of person that comes in is going to design necessarily like a grand nationals finalist level show. But what I can help is directors kind of get organized on how you start from hiring designers all the way to ordering props and doing all those type of things. So I, you know, I help them find designers that fit their needs and I help them start relationships with those people. And then 
the goal is maybe after three years with me, they can kind of take over that process and then they won't need a programmer anymore. So that's kind of my goal. Um, some, you know, some directors want to keep me and some directors really just want to learn about how to do that better. And, you know, it's been a really nice way to kind of spend my free time and also, you know, just build my own little business. So that's yeah, kind of me in a that's nutshell. Awesome. What, if somebody wants to contact you, what's your website? Uh, it is jrobdesigns.com, J-R-O-B-B-designs.com. So you can just search it on Google and it pops up too. So I had this conversation the other day. I also do some sort of program coordination kind of work. It reminds me, I just recently had a conversation with a young band director who was told me just flat out, listen, I went to college. I learned all about how to teach the instruments, how to run a music program. But he said to me, I learned nothing about how to program a show, how to put a show together, how to make decisions, even how to know what designers to hire and what's right for me. And so, you know, I'm sort of stepping in sort of like you do. I sort of stepped in sort of helping with the program coordination role, sort of help him figure out how to choose the right show, how to uh, wrangle all these different designers and make choices and, you know, deal with all the uh, uh, opinions of his staff. And so I feel like it's something people don't know. Um, yeah, it's hard. You know, it's hard too, because, you know, there, it's basically the, there's limitless, there's, endless limitations. So, I mean, you could spend money wherever you want and it's hard if you don't know like what you should be investing in. And then there's also like the name game, like there's some amazing designers out there that can get work very easily because they work on these big projects. But sometimes that's not always the best choice for uh, certain schools, just depending on what they need and what they want. So, you know, it's hard. And if you don't have someone that um, kind of knows the landscape or has done it a lot, you can lose a lot of time with your kids um, dealing with design issues and, or, or you can gain a lot of time with your kids like not having to deal with design issues. And so kind of my, my whole concept here is that, you know, if you can find people that can allow you to focus on band directing and kind of help you walk you through the show concepts and that process of designing and building a show, it can actually save you a lot of time so you can focus on your kids and not have the headache of, you know, marching band stuff. So, of course, I've had a lot of directors contact me over the years and say, you know, I, I have the ability to, you know, either write my drill, write my music or something, but they're like, I'm a full-time band director. We all know how hard that is. And exactly. they're like, you know, I just need to take this off my plate. So I'm going to find somebody that I trust and hire them to do that part. Um, and so that's really what we're talking about because you and I have been working on some projects together and, you know, every director works differently with their design staff, but there are some things that we would like to suggest to directors to try to get the most, you know, the best product from their design staff. Oh, for sure. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, like, I mean, me personally, as a designer, um, I'm working with 10 schools this year. And I would say that six of those schools, I mean, the directors are very happy. And then two of those schools, the directors are, you know, it, it's lukewarm sometimes. And then you always have someone that's unhappy. And, you know, I'm the same person. So it's interesting how, you know, it's not it is a very organic experience. And I think there's some ways that you can just generally um, interact with people that you hire to work on your design team that will help you get number one, a better product, but also number two, help you stay happier as a band director. Right. So and I think those are, those are important. Yeah. This is the real crux of our conversation today. I mean, there's a million side topics to this, but ultimately that's exactly what you just said is exactly what I want to focus on, which is you have this design staff you've hired. What is the best way to interact with them, to work with them? Um, how much leeway do you give them in order to make your life as easy as possible and to get the best product possible. So where do you want to start that discussion? Um, let's, let's talk first of just about how you hire someone and how you decide who to invite into your team. Cause I feel like sometimes that can be the thing that's really rushed. And especially when you have, you know, the type of money that certain programs have, some of it's a lot and some of it's not so much, but when you're deciding who to hire and who to bring into your program, I find that 
sometimes the hiring part is the quickest thing. Like, oh, we want to hire you. Okay, great. And I'm the one that typically slows it down and starts asking, asking questions about their school because I want to make sure that I'm a good fit for them. And I think as a director, there's just some really basic conversations you can have at the beginning that will help you to like figure out if this is going to be a good fit for you. So the first thing I always, I always in, like have uh, clients that I work with, or even me, like um, I, I design, uh, hired a couple new designers this year for my own school. And one of the things I like to talk about is just, you know, what, what are they looking for in schools that they write for? And then what, what does, what's important to them as a designer coming from their clients? So like, for instance, like to name drop, my, my drill designer at Rouse is Jamie Thompson, um, who I'm really, really close with. He's like an uncle to me. But, um, you know, I worked with him at Cedar Park and then I brought him on to Rouse this year. And even someone I know, someone I've spent a lot of time with, when we talked about him writing for me, we probably had a two-hour conversation about, you know, what is the program like? What are our goals? What do we want to do? Just to make sure that the relationship was more like was more important than just him hiring and getting paid to write drill. So I think that's really important. Like when you're going to design, a, you're going to hire a design team for your school. You know, do you know what you really want from that person and what's important to you? And can you verbalize that to them on the phone so they understand? And I think as a staff, if you talk about the things that are important, like let's say you're going to hire a wind arranger, okay? Well, what's important to you? Is it the like the effect and how they're they're weaving the show together, or is like how the instrument ranges and what notes the kids are actually playing and like the actual like way that the inner parts are written? Is that more important? Because those are different type of arrangers. You know, some arrangers have different needs or have, when they're writing, and you have to figure out if that fits your program. And the second thing I think it's really important is you know like just talking about their process for delivery, like. Do you know how do you do you like to get a lot of feedback from your directors and make adjustments or do you like all that front up front and then you, you know, write out the tune and then deliver it? Because, you know, some people, if you're going to pay tons of money for a top name designer, like you, you really shouldn't like you're not going to really get rewrites and you're not going to really put as much input because those people have the experience to know what they're doing. At the same time, like if you want someone that's going to have a lot of give and take when they're writing, you know, typically designers that are, are trying to make a living doing this, they don't have a lot of time to you know, send you five, six, seven, eight versions of anything. So if, if that's what you're looking for, maybe that, you know, you want to hire someone that's a little bit younger, that's trying to make a name for themselves, that can give you their undivided attention. But you have to understand that there's going to be give and take with that decision. I, I, I mean, that, that, that those, those type of conversations up front are going to make you a lot happier once you get into the design process. Yeah, I think finding the right person and doing taking some time, as you're saying, to do some due diligence and figure out if they're right for your what you want. Um, I think that's really key. You know, I just had a bunch of conversations with Scott Chandler, the, of course, brilliant program coordinator and choreographer for the Blue Devils. We have a new course that's out, Scott Chandler Design Advice course at marchingartseducation.com. And the reason I mentioned that is because he said that very same thing. He says, you know, sometimes people will contact me and we'll talk about their show and he, here's Scott Chandler, you know, one of the most talented people we know. And he said, I will say to them, you know, I'm not the right guy for this. You know, like he knows he has certain strengths, certain things he's really good at. And he will sometimes say, you know, I don't think I'm the right fit for what you're trying to do, but I know a couple people that would be perfect and he'll just hand them off. And I think the same thing here, you know, like when I'm writing music, you know, I have certain things that I know I'm really good at and that people that come to me, you know, hopefully they've done a little research. You can find all kinds of recordings or videos of my work and they'll say, okay, this is what I'm looking for. You know, are you looking for a, a great classical ballad? You know, I, for some reason, I'm great at those. So people will contact me if they want to do that. But if they want 12 pop tunes merged <laughs> with, you know, a toaster sounds, I'm not the guy, but there are brilliant arrangers out there that can do that. So, if, you know, so I'll have that conversation. I'll say the same thing. You know, I'm not the guy. You know, you want Ellington to really swing... Man, I am not the guy. 
So, so I love that you're talking about, you know, doing some research, having those conversations, because you just, even though they're brilliant and have a name and, you know, their reputation and all, doesn't mean they're the right guy. Well, and, th and that's the same thing. And I think that's the good, that's probably the best starting off point using for a programmer. So like, you know, if I call you and I'm saying, okay, I'm going to build this design team. These are the type of attributes I'm thinking that I need for each of these three people you know, like a, a music designer and a percussion designer and then a visual designer, you know, someone that has a lot of connections in the industry is going to be able to connect you with people that are good that can also fit your budget. And I think that's another another idea is just making sure that you reach out and you don't just start surfing websites because, you know, the, the it's a very personal, personal uh, industry. And I think that it's a very small industry and you can find people if you kind of reach out to other people. Um, and, and I think that that's can be really, really helpful. I know that I think that's the thing that I've been able to do personally is help connect directors with designers that are going to be good for them. So, yeah, well, and I think it's all, you know, most of the work I've ever gotten in my career has been from word of mouth. You know, so, some band played my arrangements. The, another director that was friends with that director was like, man, your band sounds great this year. Who played, you know, where'd you get that? Then they recommend me. And so that's almost always how my work has come. And I think the same thing here, you know, find out who's doing the kind of thing that you want to do. Who's got the kind of, you know, is playing the kind of music or drip, right? Doing the kind of drill you want to do. And then go to that director and say, who is it? And how did you get them? And, you know, can you connect me? Because I would think a, a really high profile drill designer or music arranger or whoever is more likely to talk to you if, you know, one of their present clients who they like is saying, hey, you know, I'd like you to talk to my friend so-and-so about their band, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think that that's a big step. And I, and I don't think you need to over process it or you need to over um, like make it too complicated, over complicated. But I just think having like really down to earth, you know, talks about what that's going to be, you know, be really real with them about what your program's like. Like I know my program right now, we're in a growth, like a growth area. So, you know, we, we're, it's a good band program, but you know, we want to grow our numbers. You know, we need to play our instruments better. We need to market better. And so I needed to make sure that my designers understood that before they started, you know, writing because, you know, I'm, I'm going to hire them now for the next five years, but you have to be real with that. I, you know, I know sometimes when I talk to band directors, um, it's hard for them to open up because they feel like they're a little bit vulnerable when they're, when they're talking about this, but being really honest with the people, because honestly, the thing about marching band that's different than maybe what you're doing, like on the concert side of your band program is that you choose what's put out there. And I think a lot of people forget that. Like we have all these really great ideas and we want to be really creative, but you have to, you have to program things for your kids that they can actually achieve if you want to be successful. So if anything's out there that doesn't look or sound good, you chose it to be out there. So talking to your designers about, you know, what your wants are and what your needs are, but also being really real with, you know, what can your kids actually do before you hire these people? It's going to give them a better understanding of what they're supposed to do for you when they're writing. And I think that's that those three pieces, what you need, what you want, but also like what your kids, you think your kids can do and being very open and honest about that is going to be easier because let's be real, you know, like, you know, there's only a handful of bands in the country that are like Tarpon Springs or Broken Arrow or Hebron or whatever. And, you know, we're most of us, most band directors aren't designing shows for a band like that. And the sooner that we can kind of make sure that we're really honest with ourselves about that, you know, we're going to hire designers that are going to be good for our kids, but also those designers are going to know what they're getting themselves into. And it's going to be easier because the worst thing is when you hire this really killer design team and they write a show and it's too hard because, you know, expectations weren't really communicated properly up front. And then you have a band that can't do a show that's been written for them. And then, you know, everyone's unhappy because the band stinks because the, the show's too hard. But then the designers feel bad because they wrote a really cool show that the band can't do. 
So I think all of that's really important up front. And I think from the very, very beginning of when you initiate contact with designers, all of those things are going to really help you, like help you be happier on the back end when you have the show. Yeah, great advice. Okay, so we've gotten through that point. We have our design team. Now, this comes, this is really the crux of our conversation is how do I interact with them and how do I treat them in such a way that I'm going to get the best out of them and I'm going to have the best experience? Well, the first thing for me that I think is really important, and it's hard because, you know, we all are in different places in terms of like our budgets, but um, I feel very passionately that you need to have some sort of interaction face to face with the designers at least once a year. So, I mean, and, and that can be a whole lot of different things. I mean, typically, you know, most people can find a way to meet at like a big convention or Midwest or, you know, Team EA if you're in Texas or a place like that, or even like going to like, you know, Grand Nationals or going to places like that, finding a way that makes sense financially where you can at least sit down and have dinner with someone and just be yourself. Because I think that, you know, when I sit down on my computer, um, I have a emotional connection to my clients. So, I'll, you know, I'm going to use a, a new client that I have this year as an example. Um, Burnett High School is a small school. Uh, we call it ATSSB in Texas. It's um, Association of Texas Small School Bands. Um, they're a 4A band, which is the first, like, it's the biggest small school classification. And Jason Jones, the head band director there, I mean, I have never worked with a band director that I enjoy working with more than him because he's positive. He gives me direct feedback whenever he has anything that he doesn't, like he's he's not emotional about it he just asks a lot of questions but that all started out as he took me out to dinner last november and just you know talked to me about what i can do for them and we had probably a two-hour dinner with him and his assistants and you know i told him all the things i could do from drill writing to you know programming and all those things and then about a week later he called me and he had a proposition to me about what he would like me to do and you know it was really easy for me to accept because i knew exactly what he wanted i knew exactly where he wanted to go and i knew that i could help him but now every time I sit on my, my, my computer and I pull up my Burnett High School file, I smile because it's like I'm excited to work for him because he, he has made working for him fun. And he's also trusted me. And whenever there's anything that he doesn't like, he doesn't jump on my butt. He just, you know, he just communicates by asking questions. And he, you know, he always respects me as the programmer and the designer that he's hired. But it's been a really, really, really good thing. So I think like meeting with people before you start the process and like really just getting to know them, even at like a surface level, that deposit that you make with your designers can come back with you. Because, you know, some designers are doing a lot of shows. Like, Tim, I, I'm curious on how many shows that you have on your desktop right now. Oh, I'm not going to admit that. But okay. It, it, all right. So, but I, I know that you probably have different varying levels of emotional connection with each name that you pull out of a file. Well, I do, but I feel like that, that, through having, even if I can't meet them in person, through having really good conversations or Skype conversations, where there's lots of ways to get to know someone. And if you have those conversations where you really can get past, you know, and into the meat of what do they really want for their program? What are they really trying to do? Um, and, you know, you can, I can get a sense of if they're really being smart about it. And, you know, like I have this guy that took over a school that was literally in, in the eighties still. And he, he has this sort of five-year plan of gradually bringing them more and more into the current, you know, design aesthetic. But he's being really smart about it. So it's great because I'm like, okay, man, I can totally write for Fire Batons. Like, I can totally get into that. It's so much fun. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, it's really fun. But, you know, can I stage them in a way that is smart for the show and for them? And, you know, I want everybody to have a great experience. Um, so yeah, I think, I think this is great advice, getting to know people and having those sort of honest conversations. You know, I can do that in a lot of different ways. I agree with you. If you can do it in person, that's great. But you know what? I think the trick is, um, I want to respect them and I want them to respect me back. So we have to have some sort of relationship. Right. Totally. 
And I think, and I think the key to that, to that whole thing is just as a band director or, you know, when you're working with designers is to understand that they are trying their best to do a good job. And I think that sometimes we get really emotionally connected to our school and our kids and what we need. And like, we deserve, there's band directors frustrated with that. And you have to remember, like every time that I open up an email, like you, you have to understand that these, most people are either making a living doing it or making a chunk of their living doing it, but they're doing it with a lot of their time and care and they want to do a good job. And so every time you connect with a designer, if you think, okay, this person's trying to do a good job, how can I make them, how can I empower them to do a better job? You're going to get a better, you're going to get a better product at the end. So I think that the starting is, is getting a starting relationship with them. So you feel like, you know, there's a mutual respect there. And then when you start the actual design process, always remembering that part of it, like this is a relationship, it's two people, and that person is trying to make a good product for you. And, you know, from there, I think that there's just a lot of ground rules that if you can set, and that's what I would like to get into is maybe some ground rules as, you know, as you deal with designers, what's going to help you get a better product and have a good relationship and what's going to hurt you. So like my big dues is that first one, always remember that it's a human and that they're trying their best. I don't know. Do you have anything like that? That's like a basic idea that when you talk to people, you try and live by. Yeah. What I say to them is. You know, I really care. My my name is on this. I, every every project I work on, I really care about it. I want it to be successful, and you know, it represents me and part you know yes. my creative work. So I I try to make sure my, my all my clients understand like this really matters to me, and I have you know, this is my baby that I'm giving you to go perform. And if you can get them to understand that level of investment that I actually have, then I think they do appreciate more what I'm trying to do for them. Totally. So that's. Good. I think I think after that, the first thing that I try and really make sure that I do with my guys or um, with projects I'm working on is have a process. So like who, you know, when I say process, it doesn't have to be a science fair. Like it can be very basic, but there has to be a communication process where everyone understands how we're going to move forward. So for me, you know, it's important for the band director that I'm working with, or for me, it's important for my designers to know how I'm going to communicate with them. And I'll use an example. Um, my arranger for Rouse is Evan Van Doren. Um, he used to be the marching band director at Cedar Park High School, and he's now going to be a full-time arranger. And we are going through the whole show. Uh, we have all the first two part, or first three parts of the show done. And then for some reason, when I started doing notes to him to the closer, I kind of just didn't follow my own plan. And then so like there was a lot of information flying and it wasn't through the process that I had set up before. So the process was that the staff would all kind of put in their input. I would talk to Evan. I would talk to all the people that I have helping out. And then I would create very specific notes and I would send him a copy of a score and I would send him, you know, my notes. And then like usually an MP3 or a YouTube sample, like timestamps to help him out. And then I'll email that to him. Well, for some reason this time, I just, I was a little loose about it and I sent him that and then I texted him a couple things and then my assistant sent him a couple things and then, you know, he's confused because the information is not as clear and concise as before. And then, of course, like the draft that he sent out wasn't right because he didn't get the information that he needed. And so I talked to him on the phone yesterday and I was kind of apologetic to him. I was like, you know, I set you up. I wasted your time. I'm sorry this happened. Let's just start a clean slate. And it was going to be fine because I have that relationship with him. But I guess my point is, is that having a, a process on how you plan on communicating information is crucial because then there's no miscommunication and then the designers know what you want. And then you don't have to go back and backtrack when something spits out that wasn't what was in your mind. So I, I think yeah. that's important. That's great. You know, I mentioned the Scott Chandler design course earlier, and he, in that course, he had this long conversation where he talks about that very thing. There's a process set up at the Blue Devils where the information is channeled more and more narrowly till you get to like three people, and they're the ones that actually sit down with, but they've taken all this input from their team, cold it down into 
information. And then those three, maybe four people sit down and start to make important decisions. You know, there's nothing worse than being in a design meeting with 20 people. Like that's just a disaster, even, even eight people. So I think you're right. Having a process and letting everybody know this is the channels through which you can share. And then I, those people will take it to the meeting. I think that's really smart to have that, in, that process in place. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, like one of the things um, when I, 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 especially with drill writers, like I like to do is make sure that I do all that and then even have a phone conversation. But, you know, the more communication you can do up front and try and get it to be clear about what you want and then what you, because to me, like when I'm communicating with designers, I give them like, I need this. This is something that I want. Want. And then I give them, okay, these are ideas I have, but I mean, if you have a different idea, like you have the liberty to, you know, make this decision as the designer. And then there's things, you know, on the, the last one where it's like, I really want you just to run with this. Like what, whatever you can dream up and do, like I'm going to be fine with. But if you tell the designer that, like, this is something I really want, and that they might come back and say, I couldn't do that. You know, like, uh, I know that you said you really needed this, but like, this is what I can do. Is that going to be okay? But if you tell them like, I need this 100%, this is something I have an idea, try and use it if you can. And then this is totally up to you. Just go to town with it. You're going to, you're going to get a professional feedback because like you said before, you know, your work reflects you. So you want to do a good job. And then what you'll happen is you'll get text message or emails in the writing process and you'll say, Hey, this is what ended up happening. But if you don't give a lot of guidance or you don't give a lot of feedback in terms of what you think you want ahead of time, it's hard for the designer who's the professional to make decisions while they're writing. And that can be very frustrating when you spend a lot of work on something that you start end up liking. And then you're putting your, you know, your, your, heart and soul into what you're doing as a designer and then you deliver it and then the band director has a bunch of feedback after the fact that's a lot harder to come back from because basically what you're saying to a designer is that i don't like your work i i want you to change these things and you can't really do that in a way that's not personal but if you really are clear with your expectations up front it's easier because then there's a there's a collaboration as it's being written rather than you just getting a lot of criticism after it's written you know, to that point, sometimes when I'm delivering, well, every time that I deliver something to a director, especially if it's a director I haven't worked with for years and years, I will always say to them, take some time to listen and study to this music or whatever. And it may not be what you expected. And so don't just react, but take some time, you and your staff, listen, discuss it. Because sometimes um, once they get familiar with it, they had some idea of what they thought it was going to be. And I may have had some sort of creative thing that happened in the process that I'm really in love with. Well, I want them to give that a fair chance. And if their first reaction is surprise, sometimes I'll say to them, well, you know, that can be a good thing. You know, you don't want to do exactly what the judge or the audience is going to expect. So I always tell them, give some time, take some time to do this. And then also I want to have a conversation. If you, there's something that concerns you or doesn't make sense to you, let's talk. Because almost always, I gosh, I've been in this doing this a long time. Almost every single time, once I explain, well, this is why I did that, and this is what I was thinking, they almost always go, "Oh, now I get it." Okay, you know, like this is a big visual moment, or you know, this is this is planned for this effect or whatever. They just there's pieces of the puzzle they may not know, so I always ask for the ability to explain and make my case. Well, I think that to, to tag, tag on to that, I think what's really important is understanding in those moments, like how your language comes across. So what I what I would suggest is like, let's say that 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 does happen and you have a place where something that you're doing, um, there's a little split in ideas. So like the designer wants to go one way and it's not necessarily what you were expecting. Like, first of all, what Tim just said that I think is the most important is that you need to be 
open-minded and try and understand that the person you hired, you hired for a reason. The second thing is instead of just blasting emails, like, you know, hey, use something like, hey, this is, okay, that's fine, this is different, or hey, that you know, this isn't what we talked about. Can we have a phone call so we can talk through this? Because I wanna make, make sure that, you know, I understand what you're trying to accomplish. And whenever there's an issue that I feel like immediately that I don't like with anything that's delivered, and remember, like, you know, with, with my, my career, I'm doing my show at Rouse, but I'm also doing 10 other shows. So, you know, I have to have these conversations quite often, some, and it's probably about once or twice on each show. And typically, like, I will soften my language a lot, you know, just try and understand. I'll ask a lot of questions. And then typically, I would say nine times out of 10, it ends up being okay because I now understand what the designer was doing. And, you know, I pick these designers or you, you, you hire these designers as a director. You're not, hi, you're not trying to get them to, um, you know, basically, you know, take the idea out of your brain and just write it on paper or you want them to design, they're the professional. They do this for a living, not us. And really softening your language and making sure that you're trying to understand, but also just trusting them. I mean, that's the biggest advice I could give someone is like, that's that's why we hire people to do it. That's why we don't write our own drill as much as, you know, band directors used to. That's why we don't arrange our music on ourselves as much as we used to. Well, that's the main point I would want to make from this whole conversation. Um, and I, I, you just sort of said it, but I'll say it one more time, which is if you decided this is the person that I'm going to trust to do this work, then trust them, let them do their thing. You know, you wanted whatever they had to offer their special flavor or personality or take on something. So, I, I mean, ultimately I think you have to trust these professionals and especially if it's someone, you know, do a little, do a little Googling, find out how long they've been around. You know, I've had directors before that I sort of felt insulted by because they clearly hadn't done any research on my career and how long I've been doing it and the success I've had. And so I felt like, they weren't giving me credit for what I was bringing to the table. And that's unusual yeah. for that to happen. But that's what yeah, I mean. It's like, if, if you've hired somebody to do their thing, why wouldn't you want them to like completely do their thing? Yeah, totally. And you know what? And I think we could flip that too. Like what I try and do when I get something in is I tell the designer everything I love about it also. And that's something else we haven't really talked about. So, um, and like, so I'm going to go back to that same school I already talked about, Burnett High School. Um, the head band director's name is Jason Jones. And he's just, he's probably one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. And when I talked to him about delivery, you know, we got our first chunk of drill about three weeks ago, which we love. Um, and I told him, I was like, you know, go through it and you need to make sure that everything that you think is cool and that you love send Serge the drill writer a text or just tell him that this is so cool because you know you're putting deposits and, and, and like there's going to be something that we're probably going to need to change or alter a little bit I mean it would be silly if you know we got through a whole show and there were no you know differences of opinion but you know every time that you're making him feel appreciated he's going to understand that you know if there's a slight change it's not a big deal because you're so happy with his product and it's the same thing i say that as a teacher like i try and talk to my my parents about all the good things that their kids are doing so if there is ever an issue it's not you know that's i'm making all these positive deposits rather than going straight in with something i want to change and th i think that's when you can really get into issues with your designers like and, and the the relationship can break down when the only information you get back is what you want them to change because really what you're asking them to do is to change themselves i mean this is how they wrote it this is what they came up with as a creator i mean most of us are very creative people um when you're asking someone to change something, it, it, it sometimes it's a, it's a, it takes a deep breath and you have to go in and like change something that you put a lot of passion into. So I think those positive the deposits are equally as important as what we just talked about in terms of how to handle changes. You know, I always felt like that even when I'm standing on the podium in front of my band and I'm working on a selection. <clears throat> if I want to stop and say something, I can praise something first and then go to the negative thing. Like, wow, flutes, you were so much better. Now let's fix this one thing in measure 42. 
That's you know, awesome. or even something that simple pays huge dividends. Yeah. Well, and it's just like a bank account. You know, I, I tell people I work with, but also my kids, like relationships are like bank accounts. Like every time you ask for something, you're writing a check. And, you know, like, are you bouncing checks? Because, well, I, I, of course, our kids don't even know what checks are anymore. But, <laughs> you know, but you don't want to bounce. You don't want to bounce. Like, you don't want your credit card to get declined because or your debit card to get declined because you don't have enough money in the bank. So I really try and make sure that um, I treat people with respect and, and really invest in that relationship because I want to I want them to want to do well as much as possible. And I know that every professional always does the best job that they can. But when you really like someone that you're working for, you really like that director, you work harder. I mean, and it's not that you're working less hard for them. You just, it's like you, you're just excited about it because you're so positively charged from that relationship. Yeah, I think people forget the power of a compliment and yeah, a thank totally. you. Totally. So, and that's funny. One funny one. Uh, sometimes, like when I'll hire uh, designers for um, clients that I'm programming for, one of the funny things is, um, you know, sometimes when when band directors get really caught up in anything, they're so worried about getting what they're getting. And once you deliver drill or you know percussion parts or whatever, um, then it's silent. Like you you send an email and it's like thanks, and then you don't hear anything. And what I, I try and tell people sometimes, like, well, you know, sometimes no news is good news because, you know, they were so worried about getting those parts they can teach. Now they're in the band hall with their kids. And if you don't hear anything, typically that's good. But that's another thing I would I would encourage. Once you get delivery and you um, you get what you need, like try and take a, a second to give them some feedback about what you like about it. And, and, and not just like, this is great. We love all these things. But make sure that, you know, you're reaffirming their work because, you know, they're on the other side of that computer sending the email and they want to know how what you think about it. So that, that's a big thing for me, too. It's just the feedback that we've been talking about. Well, you know, and I would say, too, just a little something to put in band directors' brains. As a designer, I really do feel like I'm giving you something. It's a part of me. It's very special. It's my baby. I'm letting you have it. I'm I'm doing it for you. Um, I think sometimes directors, they get, I mean, it's, goodness gracious, they have so much, so much to do. They're so busy. But when you get to the end of the season or a big contest and you've done really well, Maybe stop and think about saying a thank you to the design team who's sitting at home one, you know, like I'm, I may be checking and saying, Oh, wow. So and so won the state contest. Well, you'd be surprised how many years I never hear from them. You know, and, it's and, funny you know. that you said that. It's funny that you said that. One of my best, so my best friends, um, where I used to work at Cedar Park High School, um, they won the Texas marching band championship this year. And I'm just scrolling through Facebook and, uh, Andrew Markworth, who writes the percussion parts, um, he's the music coordinator for the, crossman as well um he writes the percussion book posts on on facebook and he opens he has this package laying on his kitchen table and it's a cedar park hat uh, a cedar park cha state championship t-shirt and a gold medal and wow. then it was like a, a little letter signed by the drum majors it was like thank you for all you've done we couldn't have done it without you you know yada 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 and it's just a deposit and it's like okay i mean that just shows you that like those those band programs that are operating like that they're doing those small things and those little things they become big things that's it's it's, it's so true what you just said Tim. It's yeah because i don't want to be sitting i mean i i understand how busy people are but it frustrates me i don't ever want to sit at home thinking wow like that director forgot me and they just must have decided they did this all on their own and i know that like i'm just one piece of a giant puzzle but you know that kind of gesture you know, I, I had a, a director one day, one year, he won the state championship the next morning. First thing he calls me to say thank you. And oh, I can't wow. tell you, I mean, I will always remember that phone call as one of the most generous, you know, moments I've ever had in my career. And because there have been a lot of times when I think directors just forget to do that and they forget that it's personal to us. It's just, in fact, all of this 
is personal to me. As you've sort of said many times, be careful of your language. Can you soften it? Can you ask questions rather than attacking? Like, I think you have to remember, we're really out here trying. This is my life's work. I want it to be great. So treat me like a human being. Treat me like a professional. Um, you know, and, and give me some respect because I know I'm not perfect, but golly, I'm really trying. Well, and I think that's the thing too. I mean, you know, I, what I try and talk to, to everyone about, and I try to talk to my designers about is I would never want them to come at me about how I'm teaching my band, you know? So, you know, when, if I, if I, if you were a designer it, the, to me, the parallel would be like, if we're working on things and I sent videos to my designers, which I do, you know, I send my, my, my designers a video probably once every other week just to check in. It's because, you know, there might be an adjustment that they see that I can't see that can help the kids, but I would never want them to like fire back. Like, wow, you know, are you going to fix the trumpets on that, that high concert F because it's pretty, you know, like maybe I shouldn't have written that or anything like that. And that's kind of what we're, what directors would be doing if they come back at designers with, with not, you know, that, that good cordial way of communicating. And so I think that, that that's the thing I would, tell band directors is think about how how sensitive you are when people critique your band that's what how you need to talk to designers because that's what you're doing it's like it's their work their drill or their arrangements or you know whatever they're doing that's their band and that's what their that's their baby like your band is your baby and so i you know it, it is designers are a someone that you hire and they are providing a service and they are working for you, but you really need to make them feel like they're, you're paying them to work with you. And I think that's the key for me is like, it needs to be definitely a sense of respect throughout. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard because if you haven't been through it and you haven't done been on both sides of it, it's, sometimes it's hard to know how they take things. And then, you know, if there is a miscommunication, you can, you can repair that you can apologize, but you have to really be careful and think about what you're going to say before you step out and do this communicating. Yeah, you know, there's just sort of this <clears throat> this thing going on in our society right now where we don't seem to have a lot of empathy and people aren't are having a hard time putting themselves in other shoes and we're all into these camps and things. And I feel like that's sort of what we're talking about here is like just stopping and thinking, you know, this person spent hours, you know, really trying to do this right for me. So let me approach them with that in mind, which is sort of what you're totally. saying. You know, remember totally. that, I mean, because I kind of tell you every single drill, every single music arrangement, every coordination job, anything that I'm doing for anyone, I really, really want them to be successful and happy. I want the kids to have a great experience. I mean, I sit around thinking about, wow, I can't, I can't wait to see audiences love this. You know, like a drill movie, but I'm thinking, man, think how happy Friday night football game crowds are going to be affected by this. <laughs> I mean, I know that's I sort like of that. really romantic, but this is the way I think about it. I think designers, you know, it's their life's work. And I think I really do think how exciting would it be to, you know, for a judge to react to this moment. And, I, I'm, and I'm always thrilled when a burn director will call me and go, oh, man, we went to this BOA regional and they went crazy over blah, 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 blah. It was so great. Thank you. Those kind of things are gold. Yeah, totally. And I think I think that's another good thing that you said. And I think that understanding that and thinking about it from that perspective when you get drill in you can see you can try and look for those things and, and you know and i don't i mean i'm not saying that you can't talk to a designer about making adjustments i don't think that you can you know you should hold back and tell you know your writers what you want from their products but what i would say is that you know you need to think about i mean what i say is i think two a season so like you know um for instance you know you go through a, an arranger and you're getting like your opener and then you know the time stamps come out wrong and maybe it's a little bit longer that you need and then there might be a time where you're like you know tim like this isn't this isn't 
I know that I hate to ask you this, but like we need to do one of these three things and I just need you to make this decision. And, and then, you know, Tim, you might come back and say, well, I really think that it needs to be this. And I say, I totally get that. I just need you to do this for me. And you do that on the phone. And then, and you know, Tim will probably go back and say, okay, I don't really want to do this, but I'll do it for you. But you just know, like, you could probably only do that once or twice in a season. The rest of it has to be collaboration. Like, you guys have to come to an agreement together. And, and if you do that, like, you know, everyone's going to be happy. And it's probably, like, what you're worried about is probably not as big of a deal as you think it is. So you just have, you got to trust them. So that, that sounds like a broken record, but that's, that's just kind of how I've approached that, you know, for the last six or seven years while I've been doing this. Yeah. Well, that's so. totally, to me, that's the bottom line is you decided this person was the right person. Trust them to bring their talent and creativity to the table and let them do their thing, you know? And then if it doesn't seem to be a right match, you know, then go in another direction. I mean, I'm never insulted when somebody says, hey, we're going in a different direction this year. We're going to try something different. I'm like, fine, great. You know, everything changes. Kids change. Schools change. Staffs change. I'm never insulted. Um, but I, I, I do, you know, I want to be treated like a professional. And, and well, any time that yeah, I've, ever, totally. I've ever had an issue, that's what I felt like. I felt like I wasn't being treated as a professional and, and that I cared. Yeah. Well, and you know what, if you do decide, that's another topic too. Like if you decide that you want to make a change, I think the best thing there is being honest. So like, don't make the designer track you down. Like I know at the end of the season, I always send an email out and I just say, you know, thank you for letting me work on your project. Um, you know, please let me know as soon as possible. If you would, you know, if you are planning on continuing next year or not, um, if not, I totally understand, but I would love to get some feedback about, you know, what I could have done, or maybe it's just, you know, you want a different a different angle. And, you know, I know for me, like I, if I, like I changed, um, I changed the Rangers and Drew writers at my school this year. And, you know, those were hard conversations, but you got to pick up the phone and I got to say, you know, it, this is exactly what I think my school needs. And this is why, and, you know, having those phone conversations are important because you never know like when you're going to see that person again, or you never know, you know, I, I've ha we've had a, a, a drill designer at a different school I was at that we changed. And a couple years later, just because of where that designer had, change their style or whatever, we actually ended up using them again. So you never know, like you want to end on good terms. And, you know, it's a part of the business. Like everyone doesn't expect to stay with every client they have their whole life. But how you communicate with those people about that is a really big deal. And then if you're planning on keeping them, make sure you tell them that, like, we love your stuff. Like we want to use you again next year. Make sure you keep a spot for us. Like that's equally as important. Yeah, it's a great compliment. And yeah, you don't want to ever burn bridges. And I think that's true in life in general. Um, yeah. you know, every now and then there is a bridge you have to go, but most of the time it's like, all right, well, you know, let me know. I mean, that's, that's the, there's nothing more frustrating to me, Jason, than when I can't get a band director to respond to an email about whether or not they're going to rehire me. And I've learned, of course, at this point that that usually means they're not, and they just are afraid to tell me. And I don't know what they think right. I'm going to freak out or cry or whatever, but it's like, no, I understand that it's a business and that you're going to maybe try something different, but just have the courtesy. Let me know, um, totally. one way or the other, like, it, you know, I, I, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm more intimidating than I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I mean, I think that's, never, I mean, as a, as a current director, I know that like when, when I made the, um, arranger switch this year, I mean, we had a, I mean, our arranger was fantastic. There's nothing wrong with him. I just, for what we need right now, because I think that we, we didn't necessarily need him and that's not the person that we needed. I mean, he's a very prominent arranger and he, he's amazing, but you know, I need to make that phone call and I was afraid. I mean, I was calling this person and telling them that I, you know, I thought that it would be better for me to use someone else. And that's hard. Like that's hard from my perspective, but you just, you know, what I would suggest, get a legal pad out and like write out your talking points and what you want to say. And kind of think about what you're going to say so you're not winging it and just try and be as respectful and as kind as possible. And those people always know. I mean, it's if you're hiring anyone that's been in the business for any period of time, you know, they know that some clients aren't going to return for whatever reason. It's okay. Right. The so, bottom line is 
I'm a professional. I've done this a long time. I understand all that you just said. So just treat me like a professional. Like you said, pick up the phone, right. give me a call, let me know. And then, you know, I'll be fine. I, I really do understand how this all works. So I think that's the thing. Be respectful, be a professional, and just remember that that designer is really, really trying to give you their best work. I, I, I think that's true 99.9% .9 of the time. Well, and the other thing I'll add on to that and the, the tail end of this is that, you know, like the, the business side of it, it, we are professionals, you know, or, you know, people that you're hiring professionals. And there's a lot of things that, that need to be thought through in a professional manner. Okay. So to me, it's like communication and how you're talking to those people. You know, when you have something to improve on, how are you going to do that? You know, when you let them know at the end of the season, like we talked about that, the other thing is we haven't really talked about is how you pay people and how you do like the, the legal like uh, contracts and, you know, sending checks and deposits and all of those things. I mean, that's another thing that I would really like, like really think about how you handle. And I would say that band directors are notorious for not paying things on time. And I'm not sure why that is, because band directors are the first people to like text and email and complain when, you know, when they're expecting drill, or when they're expecting music. And then, you know, I, I mean, I got a, a final balance uh, check in in March that was I, I invoiced in November. So, I mean, you know, like that, that's another big thing that if you want to keep really good designers, that's something that you need to think about having a process for the business end of all of this too. We didn't really touch on that today. Yeah. But, but that's really, again, it's just part of treating them with respect and as professional pay me when you yeah. say you're going to pay me. And I got to tell you the clients that give me positive feedback that say, thank you, that pay me on time, man, I, I love them. And I'm going to give, I mean, you know, you just want, you want, don't you want me to be happy? You know, like I'm, I'm your guy. I'm, I'm writing your show you know, keep me happy. Just like, totally. I want to keep you happy if I love writing for your band. It's just, totally. it's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, all those things are real easy, but it's, it's also easy for you to get bogged down because yeah. of your desk and your band hall and the kids and all these different things. I would just, you know, I would, I would, if I, what I do personally, you're going to think this is funny. I have a reminder on my calendar that has me check in with the marching band designers once every other week. And I, you know, I set, and for my business, I do it on, you know, I know Tim on the projects we work together, I always tell him it's like, it's all day, all day, like morning and night and Sunday. And then usually one night, late night a week, I'll text him and I'm like, well, I've got about four hours blocked out on Thursday night. So you'll see emails coming then, you know, and that's, that's important because the communication and making sure you block out time to take care of those tasks, um, setting some time for that can make that a lot easier for you. So, yeah, I mean, this is a lot of really great information, Jason. I, I love that you are being such a professional and that you're doing this great work. And, um, you know, we want everybody to have a great experience, whether they're the director or the student or the parent or the designer or whatever. Everybody should be having a great, a great experience. And it does take a little care and feeding. It's just like, you know, you have to feed your body and go to the gym and all this thing. You get to take care of yourself. You got to take care of each other, too. Yeah. Well, and as you know, as a young director, I'm only 33. Um, I just finished my 10th year band directing. Um, what I would encourage all band directors that need help in this area is ask for help. I mean, I mean, I, I know that most people that I know personally in this industry would at least have a phone call about where to get started for free. I mean, I know I would. And I, I think that I think that it's it's a little intimidating and we feel like we should know things. But just ask people for help. And if you don't know what you're doing or you don't know exactly what to do on a certain area, ask someone for help or ask two people for help help and see what you can do and just, just try to get started. Um, you know, I, I talked about Jamie Thompson earlier. One of the things he always tells me when I'm frustrated or I'm hung up, he said, just get it down on paper, you know, write things down, get things on paper, and then you can go from there. And that's the same thing with as a band director. If you're trying to figure out how to get your design team to work better, just come up with ideas and put it on paper. Like talk about how you can make the process better. Ask people that you feel like are doing, have a really good system for design 
um, with treating their designers and things like that, have a conversation with them and see what they do and just get things down and don't be afraid to ask questions because everyone wants, everyone's passionate in this industry and everyone wants the kids to have a good product. So, I mean, the more you can ask questions, ask for support, the better you're going to be off for your kids. And then you're going to be a lot happier when you're in the trenches in mid-October trying to push to your final contest. Yeah, you know, being able to admit that you don't know everything and asking questions is really a huge sign of strength. It's a real strength to have, and people sometimes are very nervous about that, so I love that you mentioned that. Jason, yeah. man, fantastic conversation. Really, really helpful advice. I appreciate you taking time in the middle of the busy, busy summer to have this conversation. Hey, Tim, thank you so much for having me out. You know, I really, really appreciate it. i am really been excited to work on projects with you, and this was really, really fun. I hope people uh, find it really helpful. So. Absolutely. Thanks. During this conversation, I mentioned the new course, Scott Chandler Design Advice from Forward March. It's over five hours of great advice from the program coordinator and choreographer for the Blue Devils, plus lots of practical advice on how to implement the ideas with your staff and your group. Find the course at marchingartseducation.com. You can sign up as an individual or sign up your entire staff up to four people. marchingartseducation.com. If you find our podcasts helpful, share them with friends or colleagues who you think would enjoy them. Anyone can hear our podcasts on iTunes, on our mobile app, or at our website at marchingroundtable.com. And while at the website, search for other podcasts that interest you from over 700 releases available now in our podcast archives at marchingroundtable.com. Keep up with the podcasts being released and guests we're talking to by following the Marching Roundtable on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And you can receive our bi-weekly newsletter by signing up for a free VIP membership at marchingroundtable.com. Thanks again to the sponsor of this podcast, Envision 3D Drill Design Software, found at box5software.com. When you contact the good folks at Box5, tell them you heard about them on the Marching Roundtable. And we hope you support the podcast on our Patreon page, where there's a new fun podcast every week only for Patreon supporters, each one with John Bogashutes of Tone Deaf Comics. Find out more at patreon.com slash marchingroundtable. You can get access to this new fun podcast release at only $2 a month level. This is your host, Tim Hinton. I hope you'll visit my website at timhinton.com and see the almost 100 marching shows available there. timhinton.com If you're a business that works with band directors, marching bands, color guards, or drum lines, you should consider sponsoring an episode of the Marching Roundtable. Our listeners are the exact audience you're trying to reach. And with thousands of podcast downloads each month, it's a great way to directly reach your target audience. For more information, click on the Sponsorship Opportunities link at marchingroundtable.com or email Tim at tim at marchingroundtable.com. You can grow your business and help support what we're doing here on the podcast. Thanks.